Sorry, I don't know what came over me there. Well, we said before we started recording that we were going to laugh evilly. That's right, we did. Welcome to the Cinema Standard, where the standard for entertainment of a day is da 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 yeah. You were supposed to say that second part. That's why oh, okay. I got mixed up. <laughs> we should have rehearsed that. Where the standard for entertainment is. Is a bar set high? high? <laughs> that yeah. will always be funny. That is how we. That that's our. That's our catch line. It has to be <laughs> our said. Catch line. It has to be said with that. That questioning <laughs> at the end of it. Because, because we didn't come up with one, and you came up. You said one randomly. Pretty uh, good for episode. randomly, though, Pretty I'd good, say. Pretty good, though, I guess, for coming up with just saying something. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something I can do is just say something. Yeah, yeah. Well, after a long break, unscheduled break, yeah. we are back this week. All right. I was a sick one week and then busy another week and then just busy another week yeah. and... Will's got stuff he does, and yeah. I've got stuff I do, and that's just life. Yeah. I've got plays and stuff I'm doing. But... Unfortunately, neither of us have any sponsorships yet, so right. we don't get paid to do this. Right, so, so we've uh, got to have jobs. Yeah. So if you want to support the show... Uh, just mail us cash, Yeah. I guess. We accept cash we, money. Uh, we should probably have a Patreon or something. I would take point. a check. I, I, I would take it. Yeah. Honestly, if you just want to give us a debit card, mm-hmm. you can debit just cards ma- work. mail us your debit card. Credit, credit cards card. work. Yeah. yeah. I accept credit cards. Um, but yeah, anyways. Yeah. So, we are back. Uh, last time we said we were going to do uh, Best Westerns show not the hotel uh western films but instead we're doing a motel six show yes uh and talk about the uh, magnificent seven but uh neither of us have seen it nope and uh we're not going to talk about westerns anymore because it's dun 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 month my favorite month we can finally talk about spooky movies will Yes. Which is one of your favorite genres, I yes, know. Yes, it is. Yes, and it's it actually is. one of my favorites too. I just right. don't. I limit it to one month out of the year. Right. You know. So, uh, yeah. But let's start the show uh, before we get into that by catching up on some uh, movie news. Yeah. Uh, we've had a New York Comic Con, right? Uh, with a lot of big reveals, but not to mention just you know stuff that's happened yeah. over the past just couple stuff of weeks. Has so, uh, anything notable to you that we should uh, give the folks out there our opinion on? Well, um, some new developments regarding the next Wolverine movie. Ah, yes. These are exciting developments, um, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it had been speculated for a while that this one would be, uh, A, shot with the intention of receiving an R rating, which has been confirmed, um, mm-hmm. and uh, also that it would be based on the Old Man Logan comic. And that has also been really all but officially said. But, like, I think even Hugh Jackman has basically... I think he's said that that's what they're doing. Um, yeah. Or, well. I mean, it's we know that it takes place in the future, so... 
Yes. It does um, take two places. And the official title, as of right now, is Logan, which I think that's interesting that the first that they did one called The Wolverine, and now this one is called Logan. Maybe this one will really deal with his humanity? Yeah. I'm... Because the others haven't touched on that at all. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but one thing that was great about the Old Man Logan comic, uh, which... Uh, was very much inspired by like Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. Was that this was in the future, and he ages much much more slowly than everyone else. So everyone he knows and loves is dead. Mm. And the price of immortality. I right. Figured. Exactly. Exactly. There's a movie that I really like that not too many people know about called Nether Beast Incorporated. It is a vampire horror comedy uh, about. An office, it's, it's an office comedy like The Office or Office Space or any of those, where it's a business that was set up to be a safe haven for vampires. Mm. And it, uh, it's one of my favorite sh- films to share with people because no one has ever heard of it because it didn't get a theatrical release, but it has Daryl Hammond from SNL, and then it also has Steve Burns from Blue's Clues mm. is like one of the main characters, and then it has Judd Nelson and Jason Mewes and Dave Foley and Robert Wagner, and just a, a lot of really great people in it. And actually, a, a good friend of mine is in it, a guy named Josh Childs. But the um, there's a line in it said by a character. They say, it's so funny how people often think about what they would do if they had to live for only a day or a week. They never stop to think about how they would change if they had to live forever. Mm. And that, to me, is in a movie that's just sort of a silly horror comedy, uh, that was really cool. I, yeah. I really liked that line. but Because everybody, you, know, you ask anybody for a gut reaction to the question, do you want to live forever? And the answer would probably be yes. Right. But... You know, to yeah. get off topic from movies for a second and get all philosophical. Right. Uh, I think that uh, yeah. the 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 fact that things are temporary is what makes them valuable. Exactly. exactly. If they last forever, they lose their value. Yes. Black Sabbath has a song that says, uh, "I don't want to live forever, but I don't want to die." Oh. I think that like it's a paradox. It is. It's. Just one of those, you know, just mysteries of humanity is why do we have this, why do we have these conflicting feelings on so many things, but especially regarding our own mortality. Mm. So yeah, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> uh. so, this, so this comic book movie about a guy that chops people up with hand claws. Yeah. <laughs> Which... I'm excited for this movie. I am too. I like Hugh Jackman. I do too. I think he's a swell bloke. Yep. And I think he's a good <laughs> actor. And I think he is good to his fans. Yeah. And he's giving us one more movie. Yeah. And he is the best part about the X-Men franchise. Well, I'd I, say I guess that's de- debatable, but I think he's I'd one of the best I'd say aside parts. from Deadpool, he is 
Oh, Deadpool is his own franchise. Well, he's considered part of the X-Men franchise. He's in his own canon in the movies, but like he's considered an X-Men property. I guess so. Uh, but, uh, and they got uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. He's yeah. going to be in it, which is good. Yep. I like him as I will, Professor X. He's one of those guys, like, if he's in a movie, I'll probably give it a shot. I don't know if I'll like it, but I'll definitely give it a shot because I know that he'll do... A solid job. We'll see how they Professor X him in this one. Right. Because, you know, and I mean, he's basically all-powerful. Yeah. And so in every movie, they have to find a way to take him out of the game temporarily. Right. You know, in the first one, he... That blue stuff gets put in Cerebro. Yeah. The second one, he gets kidnapped. Third yeah, one, the they... mind control stuff. Third one, they blow him up. Yeah. Uh, first class... He's learning about his powers. Yeah, yeah and then uh, they cripple him. Yeah, and then, and then in Days of Future, future Past, past they take away addict. his powers. He's, he's a, a drug addict. In uh, Apocalypse, what did they love. do? He's in yeah, love. they found some way. <laughs> so they he's they always find a way to make him yeah. lose his powers or something. But oh, uh, and then in X Men Origins Wolverine, he was the Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> oh yeah. So. But anyways, I'm I'm excited for this movie. Yeah. Uh, something interesting that I noticed is that, uh, as you know, one of my favorite Halloween movies is Van Helsing. Yes. I actually have the DVD sitting on the table right yes, there. Yes, you do. Another movie starring Hugh Jackman. Yes. Where he plays a seemingly immortal character yeah. who fights monsters and has lost his memory. Yeah. So... Uh, do we want to say who he really is on the podcast, or do we want to just... Because well, I, I mean, do love what it is that he... It came out in 2004, sure. so... He's, he's the angel Gabriel. Yeah. Incarnate on Earth. And, you know, as for a movie that's... Honestly, not great. I think it's I love fun. it. I think it's fun to watch, absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a guilty pleasure, oh, though, it, for it's sure. It's absolutely a guilty pleasure, but I, I was like, that's a really creative idea, is, you know, an angel who is, you know posing as this legendary monster hunter. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he, I think Hugh Jackman must identify with immortal characters who've lost yeah. their memory because yeah. he's played them on multiple You're occasions. Right. Uh, but anyways. And then there's Pan, of which he probably wishes he would lose his memory. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of curious about that movie, and then... I saw it. I, I didn't see it because it did not get a very positive I'll response. say this. He was easily the best part of that movie because he was delivering a genuinely good performance in an otherwise terrible movie. Yeah. Like, but he was, it wasn't like he was so bad it's good. He was genuinely really good. Yeah. In a, in a really lousy movie. He was movie. playing Blackbeard? He was basically playing Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. Uh, interesting. That's basically how he played the character. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what other? He was even book? doing a voice like this. Really, it was well. Not... He's a, he's actually a as we saw from Les Mis. He's yeah. a oh, he's very a good musical theater wonderful theatrical actor. Theatrical he can actor. sing and dance, and um, he 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 honestly is incredibly multi talented, uh, and he would make a fantastic Frankenfurter if yeah. you ask me. But, Better than whoever they got in that uh, TV remake oh, or whatever. You know it. I just don't see the point. Part of the beauty of Rocky Horror is the fact that it's a product of its time. Yeah. 
and doing a new version. You can do new stage versions all you want. That's a different thing. But doing a new movie, they made one choice that I really liked, and that was that they cast Tim Curry as the criminologist. That was That's a great idea. I think that was a smart move. But at the same time, I just don't see the point in doing a new version. The point is that if you look around us, we are surrounded by remakes nowadays. That's all. That's I would say that's like seventy five percent of what we're getting. It is in the in the theaters on TV is remakes, and and we've just kind of run out of ideas, and and they've found out that nostalgic properties make money. Yeah, and so that's why we're getting Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's why we're getting. Power Rangers, yeah, we'll which I am exciting yeah. for. We'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah. still, it falls into that category of nostalgic properties yeah. that can make money when remade. And, and that's the point, is making yeah. money. Now, I'll say this really quick. Um, we, uh, <clears throat> we did um, talk about you know, just the fact that these you know, remakes are so unnecessary. I did come up with what I think would be the ideal cast for a Rocky Horror remake. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go for it. All right. From the spirit of the season? Exactly. For Dr. Frankenfurter, Sasha Baron Cohen. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Um, For Brad, I actually thought of... um, There's a guy named... uh, Well, there's a couple of people that I think could do it. One of them is a guy named Dominic Marsh. And he Uh is not done a whole lot of on-screen stuff, but he's done a lot of uh, theatrical stuff. Yeah. Um, but he is one of those working actors that I think needs to get more work because he's really good. And then for uh, for Janet, I thought of uh, uh, Anna Kendrick, actually. I think she would do a good job with that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, for Riff Raff, D. Snyder. Hmm. He's the lead singer for Twisted Sister. Yeah. And he also has been on Broadway and did a, whole, did a whole album of uh, metal Broadway covers. Hmm. And he's, he's actually like, he's a classically trained countertenor, and, but just has such a great, you know, roaring, uh, not even roaring, just like soaring metal voice that is, I just love. Uh, and I think he would be fantastic as, as Riff Raff. Um, for... Columbia and Magenta, uh, I actually thought, let's get Sarah and Laura Silverman. Mm. I mean, good casting. I don't like them. But you don't? Okay. I don't, um, I don't think they're very funny. Oh, that's that. I guess that's But uh, But I think they'd be good fits for that role, um, for those roles. And then, uh, if not them, possibly uh, uh, maybe Kristen Bell. As, as one of them. Sure. Uh, maybe Nev Campbell. Uh, yeah. But um, then for Eddie, Jack Black. <laughs> I mean, you just, you look at Meatloaf in that movie and you think this is a Jack Black character. Yeah. No, um, no doubt. We know we can sing it. Uh, for Dr. Scott, I actually thought Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Partly because the guy in the movie reminded me of Dan Aykroyd, but yeah. also he's got like the deep voice from you know that he he sings in Blues Brothers and everything, and he's got a good voice. And then for the criminologist, I actually had the idea to have Tim Curry play the criminologist before they announced it. Mm-hmm. So I want credit for that, but they're not going to give it. Of course, they're not going to give it to me. 
No, but that'd anyway, be good. Yeah. You I mean a pointless remake? That would be the best possible yeah. thing we could get. Yeah. So is there any other movie news that you think is notable? Um, let's see, we've gotten... Uh, the one that comes to my mind is we got some Justice League stuff That's right. that came out recently, just some behind-the-scenes footage. Yeah. Uh, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, I am excited for it. We see a lot of Batman in action, Yeah. which is smart. Yeah. They know that he was the best part about that last movie, right. so hopefully they're going to... It seems like they're aware of that and are going to capitalize on that. Jason Momoa looks like he's having a good time. Yeah. He's Aquaman. <laughs> That's so Um... Gal Gadot looks pretty good. We'll see how she does in uh, carrying her own movie. Yeah. Um, and we there's a brief glimpse, our first glimpse of Superman. Uh, if you look really closely, you can see Henry yes. Cavill in a part, which I actually found disappointing. Uh, he's in his regular suit. He's yeah. clean shaven and no I, mullet. I wanted the black suit with I the just, long hair. And the yeah, give me the give. Just. I've seen a, a fan-made image. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of too. them. But yeah. there's one of them. It, like, yeah, that, that would be awesome. That, if that looks were real. great, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, still a ways out for that movie, but pretty excited. You're going you're gonna to do every other Jesus symbolism, but then you're not going to give him the long hair? And the beard, I mean, yeah. <laughs> might as, I mean, I can just hear the chant. Like, I yeah. am Jesus. I am Jesus. If you yeah. haven't seen the Nostalgia Critic... Uh, Angry Joe show uh, review. crossover review of yeah. Man of Steel. It's hilarious. And it's very, very uh, on point. Yeah. Well, it only makes sense that that uh, Superman would exemplify uh, you know, traits that a Jewish messiah would. Because right. Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster were... Uh, they were Jewish. Those, those are obviously uh, Muslim names. Yeah. Um, Siegel and Sh- and uh, Schuster. Yeah. Clearly, clearly Muslim names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, those are like those have to be two of the most Jewish names on the planet. Yeah. There's like those, and then Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, but anyways, I'm yeah. I'm excited for Justice League. Uh, I'm well. I'm hopeful. I'm, for I'm Justice hopeful. League. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm going to see it, and I'll be pretty pumped, probably. Yeah. Um, and it also looks like, based on some more images and things that we received, that the Deathstroke stuff that we were talking about a couple episodes ago might be in Justice League and not in the solo Batman I film. I think they might hint at it, but I'm pretty sure they're... Uh, I'm pretty sure they've talked about him being part of the solo Batman film. Yeah. So maybe he'll just be an aspect of it, but... Um, which, by the way, they have confirmed that the tentative but still official title is The Batman. I like the title, but not for a movie taking place in the the timeline of Batman's career that this movie would be taking place in. I feel hmm. like that's a, you know, kind of a Batman Begins title, you know, yeah, like a, a first movie. I see what you're saying. I think it... At, at a movie where Batman's in his 40s and towards the end of his career, it needs a more plot-specific title. <laughs> but that's a nitpick, you know. Batman gets hip surgery. You know. I want, like... Batman's colonoscopy. If it's supposed to be an Arkham, give me an Arkham title or something. I don't know if it is going to be Arkham. I mean, there's... Or give me a... I don't know. Give me something. Batman. 
brush with Deathstroke. Because I did not like the title of Batman v Superman. I, in, before, when they just first announced it, we were all just calling it Batman v Superman movie. Batman v Superman. And the Batman like, Superman movie. And, and then it's like, okay, they're going to give it a real title. And then it, it's like they just heard what everybody was calling it and were like, yeah, yeah let's just go with that. Yeah. Like, no, why couldn't you have just, why couldn't they have just called it Dawn of Justice? Yeah. Like, that would have been an awesome title. Yeah. Just call the movie also, Dawn again, of Justice. Calling it, calling it Batman v Superman as opposed to versus Superman makes it a court case, not a fight. Yeah, it sounds like a video game title or a, a, a board game, you know, like a, <laughs> a board game. Like it does. Those, like those robots that punch each other. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em Rock robots. Em so- it looks like if they made a Batman Superman version of Rock'em Sock'em robots, I mean, and that's what they fair, put on the box. That's basically what Zack Snyder's visual cues are is how best can I do an expensive looking version of Rock'em Sock'em robots? Basically. Um. But anyways, that's yeah. uh, and then that's Power Rangers. Yeah, it's uh, Power Rangers. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, the, I'm sold. Um, both of us, I know, grew up with Power Rangers. I don't know, w- were you like a huge Power Rangers fan, or I liked other things more. Th- that yeah, I'm the same way. It's like I liked Power Rangers growing up, but it was never like my thing. Um, it's very. I mean, it's just nostalgic, though. You, you see anything with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and you're taken back to 1992. You know, 1990. Whenever, yeah. So that's the main reason I like it. It's not necessarily that I like the property itself. Sure, it's sure. that it makes me feel like a five-year-old again. Yeah. Which who doesn't like that? Right. And the thing is, I love the idea of 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 you know creating what the modern version of that would be. Because even though they still do Power Ranger TV shows, they're dated as bad words i mean they're just so dated and so stale looking and um i uh yeah well i'll see it yeah i'm like i said i'm i'm sold i know there's been a lot more things but news but that's really the only thing that stuck out to me yeah uh, I mean, obviously we're getting lots of Doctor Strange stuff. Yeah, I'm still uh, so excited about that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm that. Really Have you seen Luke Cage? Luke Cage came I out. I am about halfway through uh, the first season. I watched the first episode. It didn't grab me. And it so I haven't, I haven't really made much of an effort to keep watching I, it. You know, I liked the first episode. Um, I think that... Um, did you watch Jessica Jones? I did. Okay. Um, you know, the thing is, Daredevil was a childhood favorite of mine, so I was kind of instantly on board with, with Daredevil. Yeah, Luke Cage too. is like, I've read some of the comics, but... He's not never, a character that I care about. Right, he's, he's not right, a character that like, I automatically, automatically invested. So in order for me to watch your show, you've really got to grab me from the beginning. Right. I, just, I just wasn't really grabbed. Well, I'll tell you, the second episode... Uh, is when we get a bit more of the superhero origin type material, yeah. and it's um, and it's good. It's good, and eventually it's, uh, Claire from Daredevil shows up. Yeah, Rosario Dawson does does show up. It, it kind of surprises me that Marvel is choosing to give TV shows to characters like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, where there are other, in my opinion, just 
better characters who are not getting anything right now. You know, um, there's a reason they pick these characters. Uh, they specifically pick these because, one, these are the characters that you do need to sort of push past a PG-13 without actually having the the stigma of, it's got an R rating, yeah. you know, protect the children. So they needed to be out of the, you know, out of the MPAA's eyes. But then also, these are the street-level heroes. These are not the save-the-world heroes. These are the save-the-block heroes. Yeah. And... Like Spider-Man. You know, right. A more intimate setting is is required for a hero like that. And then, of course, they're also building up through the Defenders. Yes. Uh, which, again, totally on board. But, sure, yeah. You know, it's... Part of it, I do really think, has to do with the fact that the, the R rating... And what the the attitude towards the R rating is ruining so many great films because it's like, well, we can't get an R rating because that's a a bad thing. It just makes your film it less just, accessible to it does a larger and, audience. And it honestly Although shouldn't. It dis- should just. I mean, Daredevil would disagree, or not Daredevil, Deadpool. Yeah. Would disagree, right? And I, I'm glad that we now have that, so people are probably going to warm up to stuff like that. Although I do not recommend taking somebody. No, do not show that to a child. That is, that is, that is really is a 15 and up movie. That, yeah. but I do love the. I love any time uh, a filmmaker sticks it to the MPAA. I uh, I learned recently, actually via uh, the nostalgia critic, where he was talking about the rating system. Uh, he said that back when South Park: Bigger, Longer, and Uncut was made, uh, first of all, the movie was originally going to be called South Park. I want to say it was going to be called All Hell Breaks Loose or something like that. It was going to have, you know, a title like that, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't let them, so they came up with the title Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. That's actually a secret penis joke. Really? And so they went with something dirtier, but more subtle. But then also, at the time it was released, if you had 400 curse words in your movie, you automatically got an NC-17. They used 399. That doesn't... That's stupid. It is stupid, and they pointed out how stupid that is. Because that movie also included... an. I do love that movie, but it also included some stuff that was quite obscene. You know, you had animated genitalia, a flapping in the wind, and some of which talked, but a certain number of words would get it like, you can't even show this in most theaters. Yeah. And I love the fact that they just gave a pixelated middle finger to the MPAA yeah. with, with that, with doing that. And that's a tangent. Um, but no, I, uh, I do like Luke Cage. I, again, I haven't finished it yet, but I, uh, I do like it. Yeah. Well, whenever I, life slows down for me a little bit, I'm sure I will give it a watch. Sure. Along with 
Stranger Things. I've still not seen Stranger yeah. Things. I'm wearing a Stranger Things t-shirt right now, actually. I'm wearing a Hawkins Middle School AV Club t-shirt. <laughs> that is funny if you know the show Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, last episode I talked about... Or not last episode, the episode before that, I talked about my uh, odd connection to that to that show. Yeah. Uh, you reached out yet? I Not yet. I'm what I want to do is eventually because I've worked that actually into my stand up act because um. I've worked that talking about how weird it is to see someone you knew as a toddler or not as a toddler but like as a young child suddenly not only an adult but watching them in a sex scene and I talk about how strange that is uh, stranger things exactly exactly um, but there are stranger things <laughs> you hear that that's me slapping my knee um but I've worked that into my stand-up act, and what I hope to eventually do is just get like a, a recorded performance of that and say, hey, see if we can get Nat- uh, Natalia Dyer to see this. Yeah. Because um, I don't know if she'll remember me. <laughs> but if she does, like, for one, I just want to, I genuinely would like to catch up with her. Sure. Like, like I genuinely would like to. I, I, you know, I love show business, and I'm obviously not quite as far along in my endeavors as she is she has a hit netflix series which is one of the best tv shows out right now uh but i would like to chat with her i like catching up with old friends so it's it's weird meeting friends from your early childhood again so yeah well that's just like everything in life if you want it to happen you gotta make it happen yep but, Except uh, for being able to fly, I wouldn't recommend surgically grafting wings onto well, your body. Well, have you tried? Have you tried, Will? I was asked to leave the hospital that I broke into to get the skin and bones needed to make membranous bat-like wings. That's the worst that happened? You were just asked to leave? I did not have much faith in the abilities of that hospital. Uh, which is why I knew there would be plenty of corpses for me to raid in order to do this incredibly dark thing that I'm just making up off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, you that break was, into a hospital. That was so gruesome. And the, wor- the end of the story, the story concludes with, and then they asked me to leave. <laughs> because I was stealing body parts. <laughs> I think the consequences might be... and bones to make membranous bat-like wings. I think the consequences might be a bit more severe, but that is a perfect segue into the main topic of our show this evening, which horror. is horror. 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 So, horror. uh... <laughs> so, Will, uh, what is our topic of discussion for today? Um, well, because this is the month of Halloween, um, which, uh, Halloween, Halloween, which by the way, Halloween is an eighties metal band. That is, uh, great. Um, I'll have to add them to my list. Yes. Um, but my list of things to, uh, listen to. <laughs> um, we're it's a very long list. <laughs> it sits right next to my list of things to watch. Um, but, uh, I said, let's talk about some of the first movies or TV shows that scared us. Aladdin. 
What was that, Jerry Lewis? Aladdin. <laughs> no, it was Aladdin, man. Aladdin. We were talking about this before, earlier before the show, but uh, I mean, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. But that snake at the end, man, that was some scary stuff right there. Yeah. But anyways, continue on with what you were saying. Well, the filmmaker Joe Dante, one of my favorite filmmakers, he made Gremlins. He made uh, a horror movie that I really like called The Howling. Yeah. He um he made Small Soldiers. He uh just really great filmmaker and lover of horror and sci-fi talked about how for a lot of people our introduction to the concepts in horror films were Disney films, were classic Disney films and he specifically cited Pinocchio. Yeah. The se- the scene in Pinocchio where all the little children turn into donkeys as they're screaming is one of the most horrifying things a grown man or child will ever see. It is terrifying. You're seeing little children in pain. I mean, that's that's just awful. Like, I'm all for kids' movies being dark. I almost feel like that crosses the line. Just... Because you're seeing children helpless and in pain. But, again, like, this, scenes like that, you see them and you go, that's horrible, I never want to see it again. I'm fascinated. Okay, maybe I'll watch it again one more time. But I'm going to cover my eyes the whole time. Okay, maybe I can keep my eyes open this time. And you become fixated on scenes like that. Snow White is scary snow it's scary for one you've got the scene where she's running through the woods but more than anything the old witch that the the queen transforms into is really really scary looking and it was again every child was terrified by it but we also couldn't stop thinking about it. And people who eventually became horror fans are typically the kids that were like, I'm going to watch that again, but I'm going to cover my eyes the whole time because it scares me. But I can't seem to stop being fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also remember, um, you know, I, I said our first episode, the movie that made me want to be a filmmaker was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Scary stuff in the end of that one. The ending scene to that movie, and even like a couple parts at the very beginning, are straight out of horror films. I mean, you've got a guy, you know, melting, his face melting, the flesh melting right off of his skull. You've got a guy's head exploding. You've got basically the angel of death going through and smiting a whole group of people. That's some scary ghost that's, movie stuff. That's scary. And, you know, uh, Poltergeist, I think, was one of the first, like, actual horror films that I ever saw. But there's also a Disney cartoon. It was a short one. That I remember seeing when I was a kid. Good coffee. Hope that was delicious. Um, called Babes in the Woods, and it is not the title of a porn film. Um, 
Well, I mean, it might be, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't yeah, keep own going. Keep moving, please. <laughs> Continue on with your story. Right. But it was a version of Hansel and Gretel where the 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 two kids again they're they're never referred to as Hansel and Gretel they're just two kids that happen to be strolling through the woods and at first they come across this like village of gnomes and they've all got it, it looks like a smurf village where it's this charming little village of gnomes where they've all got their little machines that they operate gnomes gnomes yes like they look they look like garden gnomes garden gnomes. white beards pointy hats you know um but then they get to the candy house, and of course the witch comes out. And when they get in the house, there are all these like black cats and spiders and lizards and bats, like in all these cages. And the witch like brews this concoction, pours it onto the boy, and turns him into a spider. That's horrifying. Meaning all of these animals are children she captured. Ugh. And right as she's about to change the girl into a rat, I don't remember exactly what happens, but they somehow get the jump on her, find an antidote, free all the, like, turn all the animals back into kids and free them. The witch tries to fly away on her broomstick, but all the, the gnomes start, like, throwing, like, shooting arrows at her or throwing stuff at her. They eventually ground... They, they get her to fall down to the ground. And underneath her, they ha- put this, like, boiling pot. You don't know what's in it. She comes out. It was full of, like, cement or something, or mortar or something. Just, like, boiling rock. It was, it, was, it was full of... I don't know what it was. but And then you see her slowly try to run away as it hardens until she eventually is this giant witch-shaped rock. And this is a Disney cartoon? This is a children's cartoon. Like, happy music and everything. <clears throat> this is a victorious moment. Even though we've just watched someone slowly be suffocated in stone. <laughs> As we've also watched captured children transformed into animals. Like, this was... I had no idea what to think of this when I was little. Because... I just... I guess it... The severity of the witch's death didn't fully register with me at the time. But... Kids uh, shows, right? Yeah, exactly. A family picture. Family. <laughs> um, to quote the nostalgia critic quoting Ralph Bakshi. Um, but it's... Uh, stuff like that, you remember things like that. Oh, yeah, it sticks with you. And I think that's how horror fans are born, is the kids with whom scenes like that really stick and, and, and resonate. Because we go, the feelings that that video created interest me. Mm. I want to feel those feelings again. I want to feel that strange blend of both fear and catharsis. Hmm. And so it, again, to get rather philosophical, you know, yes, I, yes. I find stuff like that to be really, 
really kind of cool. Sort of exploring the, why do we why do we enjoy things that are shocking, or or oh, yeah. or you know unsettling or just plain up plain. I I mixed up plain and straight up. I said plain up, plain up. Um, that are just plain up. Spooky. Hashtag plain up. Hashtag plain up. Uh, yeah, man. I think some of my first, you know, scary. I mean, definitely D- Disney. You know, I remember being scared of uh, Cruella Deville at the end of 101 Dalmatians when she's driving her car after the puppies, and she's got that crazy look, and her eyes are like the spinny wheels. Yeah, she's got the and, yellow and red, like yeah, sw- like swirly just, eyes, and like I remember being really scared of that. Like yeah. I remember that that just that image really sticking yeah. with me and scaring me at night. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. Little Mermaid, the King oh, yeah. Trident being turned into that little like goo thing. Yeah, just I don't know what sea creature that was supposed to be. I don't know if it was supposed to be like a some sort of sea like sea sponge or sea cucumber yeah. or some some just little looked like a little toadstool, you know, yeah. like a little underwater fungus thing. I don't know. Disney used to. Really uh, not shy away from the scary stuff. And you know what? That's one of the reasons why I really loved Wreck-It Ralph. Because um, as far as their recent movies, it got pretty scary. Did you see Wreck-It Ralph? You know, don't kill me, but I haven't seen it. Okay. The ending of that movie, there's some imagery that's pretty freaky. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I really liked that. Yeah. Um, the Princess and the Frog. That was what two thousand nine. Yeah, that had that kind of a scary ending for Th- that, that villain. Th- it ended with the guy being dragged into hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had voodoo and you showed blood in it. You know. Yeah. It, now, granted, it wasn't flowing or anything, but I mean, that one had voodoo and ghosts and demons and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is, and also one of my favorite villain songs of all time. I actually used Friends on the Other Side for an audition one time. Yeah. Uh, but I love that villain song. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think some of the scariest stuff is, is stuff from our, our childhoods, yeah. you know. Uh, I remember the the part in Fantasia, the the giant uh, yeah. demon thing. That was really freaky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chernobog um, is, is what he's called mm-hmm. from Night on Bald Mountain in, in Fantasia. Yeah. Where you've got like all the demons and and then you've got Chernobog, which is basically supposed to be Satan. Yeah. Uh, Something else from my childhood uh, that scared me, which uh, I remember, there was a time where I was too young for PG thirteen. Right. And so uh, the the Mummy movies. Yeah. That uh, came out in like ninety nine and two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, I was too young to see those back then, but my dad really enjoyed them, and I remember catching a couple of glimpses of those, right. and uh, the the scarab. I remember catching yeah. a glimpse of the scarab scene, and so I was really scared of bugs after that. Yeah, the first uh, the first PG thirteen movie I ever saw was Fellowship of the Ring, and again because my dad that move those movies. There's some scary stuff. There's in there. some scary um, imagery. I mean, the, they used to scare me, but I I couldn't look away though. Obviously, the ring rates, and then the yeah, part, they were scary. The part where Bilbo lunges at Frodo, yeah. like becomes demon, like becomes Gollum Bilbo, 
very briefly, like yeah. that was horrifying. Yeah. I mean, talk about a a great jump scare. You know, and honestly, the the first movie in that trilogy is my favorite because it draws me in the most. I hear you. I hear in you. that it uses the rest of the movies don't really try and scare you because you're more familiar with the, the I don't know the world the, at that point. The, the, the ghosts in Return of the King. Yeah, but I I just remember being the fir- on the first viewing of and she. Sheila? Okay, yeah. Sheila I take was it back. horrifying. I take it back. Spiders are my one thing. Yeah. That's kind of my, you know, every... And it's also Peter Jackson's one thing. And so he he knows how to make sequences like that that don't... That are still, like, good, scary sequences, but that don't necessarily trigger the thing... Like, the, the specific things in arachnophobes. Right. And it's it, it has to do with the way l- the legs move. After a lot of sort of research, I've determined it has to do with how the legs of the spider move. That that's what makes it scary, and so he, yeah. he he kind of knows the the specifics that make it still scary but still watchable. Well, I think, and I think that part of the effectiveness of those movies is the parts that are meant to scare you because you feel the danger. Yeah, exactly, and and I think, and like even even the Balrog, which I wasn't necessarily scared by it. I mean, if I saw one in real life, I would crap my pants. Yeah, but you felt the danger of it as soon as you saw it, you were like. Oh crap! Mm-hmm. We are screwed. I, I think it, fear is an emotion where it's it's very difficult. Once once you feel fear, it's very difficult to distinguish uh, fake fear and real fear right. from each other. Right. And so I think when movies capitalize on that, they really draw you into their yeah. their films and make you care about those characters. And yeah. I think that's part of. I mean, The Lord of the Rings, obviously, just great films in general yeah. on so many different levels. But I think using uh, some of the fear uh, aspects, um, horror aspects, scary aspects to draw yeah. the audience in is was very effective. And and I know Peter Jackson has done uh, horror movies. Yeah, I think he, he did horror, horror movies. He started out with horror movies, and uh, he even added some horror elements to King Kong. Yeah. Afterwards, and I'm not sure what else he's done. Um, I know he did like the the Lovely Bones. The lovely or something Bones like was that. sort of it was it was. It was horror-ish, but like his his early horror stuff is some of my favorite works of his. I showed you the Frighteners, didn't I? Didn't I, I think show so. You that one? What I rem- what I definitely remember it. I mean, it, Michael J. Fox, where he's the ghost hunter, like he's the guy that can see ghosts. And no, I haven't seen that. Really, I could have sworn that I showed it to you. I because I remember. No, because he's he's fighting like the Grim Reaper. The, uh, it's like it was it was pre pre Lord of the Rings. It's the movie that where Weta acquired all their computers. To make this movie, and then Peter Jackson said, "Well, we've got all these computers now. We got to do something with them." Yeah. And so he began making calls about doing Fellowship of the Ring. But mm. It was a uh, yeah. It's Michael J. Fox. Really? It's. I should have brought that one. Yeah. That's that's one of my favorite like films. Honestly, it's uh, it's a great blend of horror and comedy. It's it's very Ghostbustersy. Yeah. Uh, but. But the Frighteners is so good that you know I I feel bad saying that might be my favorite Peter Jackson film because Lord of the Rings are just so good. But it might be. I think my favorite Peter Jackson film is probably uh, the Battle of the Five Armies. <laughs> you know what? I will defend the Hobbit movies to an extent. Oh, I will too. Um, he did the best he could with yeah. the the. 
the schlop that was left by uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro yeah. and then Warner Brothers wanting to capitalize on trends and stuff. Yeah. But anyways, but, that's a whole other episode. Right. Um, but uh, also, you know, Sam Raimi, one of my favorite filmmakers, started out with, with horror, with The Evil Dead. And then uh, there were horror scenes in his Spider-Man movies. Oh yeah, I mean the Green Goblin's transformation was, was. That's another one. That yeah, scene always that was, really scared again, me in that one movie. Of my, one of my earliest PG thirteen films, and then also the scene in Spider Man two, mm-hmm. where Doc Ock is on the surgical table. Yep. And there are actually several specific Evil Dead references in that yeah. scene. Uh, I was a little bit older when Spider-Man 2 came out, right. so the Doc Ock scene did not scare yeah, me that as didn't bad. Scare but me, but also, I remember when when Spider-Man 1 came out, that yeah. that goblin, I got nervous every time it that was, goblin transposition. Really, it was like I, scene came around. And, and part of it is just because Willem Dafoe was such an intimidating guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he hasn't played the devil yet. I mean, he might have in something that he's I played Jesus. Seen. He's played Jesus, <laughs> yeah. But he, and it's like this guy needs to play the devil. I, he, and again, if he has. I haven't seen that movie, and maybe I should, but I've seen Jack Nicholson play the devil in The Witches of Eastwick, and that's the best, uh, that might be my favorite Jack Nicholson performance We've ever. seen Al Pacino play the devil. We've seen Al Pacino play the devil. Um, Ooh-ah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, if you'll bow down and worship me. I could give you all the kingdoms of the world. <laughs> That's Al Pacino as the devil. Yeah, it, it, that movie is very hit. It's not Al Pacino at like talking to Jesus as the devil, but that's that's that was if Al Pacino was the biblical devil. That's yes, that that movie. What's the name of that movie? The uh, Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. Yeah, and I really liked. I think it did really well at some parts of the movie and some parts right. not so much. But I actually did. I, I do skits for the four-year-olds and five-year-olds at my church, um, which should worry you. And uh, <laughs> But I, uh, whenever I play the devil, because I always insist on playing the devil, um, I always play it as Jack Nicholson. And, um, That's perfect. It, because, it's, because when I saw Jack Nicholson playing the devil in The Witches of Eastwick, I'm like, this is perfect. Jack Nicholson should just always play the devil. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, He's just a scary-looking guy. He kind of does. But... Um, I, uh, I actually even threw in a Batman reference, um, cause it was, uh, it, again, it was Jesus being tempted in the wilderness and I was like, look at it all, all the kingdoms of the world at your feet. I could make that happen. You know, <laughs> all you'd have to do is bow down and worship me. That's perfect. Je- Jesus, you are my number one God. <laughs> and my dad was watching it because he actually like he he's he teaches first and second graders right right down the hall and so he ran off to come see this because he knew i was going to play the devil as jack nicholson when i said that he had to duck behind a like a a wall because he just started cracking up (laughs) (laughs) Um, because he didn't know i was going to do that line um but no i was like wearing all black i had a black cape and a black fedora i mean it was i was awesome i was and again just you know, speaking of uh, 
uh, the Joker, he was, when I was a kid, I mean, I love Batman, I yeah. still do, but he was a scary character. The Joker is terrifying. You know, very I mean, scary. And I mean, even, I'm even talking about just the animated series yeah. Joker, you know, he was very scary. Yeah. Uh, well, you know who the, who originally was going to be the voice of the Joker in the animated series? Hmm. Tim Curry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that would have worked. And they determined that for a kid's show, it was just too scary. Yeah. And um, so Mark Hamill was like, hey, can I try it? Because he was doing like a guest voice. Yeah. Just for some he's, for he's some done a lot characters. of voice roles. Yeah. So he was like, hey, can I try it? I, ha- I have sort of an, an idea for how I'd like to do it. And he blew him away and he got it. But man, Tim Curry being the voice of the Joker, I still want to hear that. Yeah, and I think that could work. You know certain... how I got these scars. My father was a drinker and a fiend. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even when and the... one night he comes home a little <laughs> crazier than usual. When when the Dark Knight came out, yeah. and you hadn't seen it yet, yeah. the Joker scenes were scary. You, you know, had no very, idea what to expect. They were very intimidating, I, and I didn't expect the cult phenomenon that happened. But it's so well deserved. I mean, with with, with that version of the Joker, because I remember seeing, you know, his his. You know, you've got him at the very beginning with the the robbery, but then you really see him be the Joker with the pencil. Yeah. And I'm. I actually recently watched that movie, and uh, that scene is still so good. There's there's one part I object to, and it's when they say you're crazy, and he goes, "No, I'm not." I really feel like the Joker would have gone. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe so. I don't know. That's that's the one thing that I'm just like I kind of missed opportunity. But again, that it's very small. It is. It's again. It's a it's a nitpick. Well, and it's. I'll just go on this very quick tangent. Yeah. I've I've recently watched Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. I'm going to watch The Dark Knight Rises in the near future. After both of those movies, when the the credits rolled, I jumped up out of my seat. And my just, I just said, no, that's how you make a freaking Batman movie, right? And like, and I'm, I'm sorry, Ben Affleck, but and Jared Leto and Margot Ro- Robbie, you know, but you, you just, you're, you will never be as good. You just, I just, I just don't think it's hmm. because those movies, as as movies, when not I as performances, I don't know. I just, you'll never be in as good as a movie. That's just maybe that's just my opinion, yeah. but. I as a Batman fan, when I jump up after those movies and just go yes, yeah, and and after your movies, I'm just like yeah, that was good. Like I'm, I'm sorry, you're missing something. Yeah, you're missing something. Which again, which is just a good movie, right? You know, yeah, maybe maybe if they got, just made a good movie, yeah, you got a great Batman and a great Harley Quinn and the Joker. Um, <laughs> just make a good movie. But, but you got to make a good movie, which they have failed to do. Yeah. So maybe I take that back. Maybe they can reach that. But they just gotta start making you good put movies. Them in a good movie. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, the Joker was a scary character. Um, I don't know. There, a lot of stuff scared me as a kid. I remember. Okay, so uh, did you ever watch Goosebumps? I I uh, watched Goosebumps by the time I, I was. They were rerunning it. Yeah. And I was probably thirteen. Yeah. So. I didn't grow up with it as a little kid. Yeah. But they used to have like scary kids shows. Like I, I remember there was Are a you show. Are you afraid of the dark? There was that one. There, okay, so there was an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that Shia LaBeouf was in. Oh really? 
I think it was Are You Afraid of the Dark. I know there was an episode. Or it might have been like The Nightmare Room. I know there was an episode of Goosebumps that Ryan Gosling was in. Yeah. One of those shows, it's either Are You Afraid of Dark or like The Nightmare Room or something like that. There was an episode where Shia LaBeouf was the star. And there's like the the plot of the episode where there's this, he's got like this doll that comes to life. And at the very end of the episode, the doll takes him like, and like nobody believes him, you know, and all that. At the very end of the episode, they find him. And the doll has taken him and turned him into a doll. And oh, no, just... that was Hayden Christensen. No, no, it was Shia LaBeouf. Are you sure? Okay, because that was almost exactly like what happened with Hayden Christensen on Goosebumps. Uh, no, this was okay. this was Shia LaBeouf, and I I remember it. Okay, very specifically because it stuck with me that's, and like scared scared the dookie well, out of me. I did watch The Twilight Zone when I was when I was a kid, um, and again, it's old, but very man, effective. Did they know atmosphere? Yeah, atmosphere is key. Um. Did you, did you ever watch the Disney Channel show um, So Weird? I didn't, actually. There was a, a spooky think... Disney Channel show called So Weird that used to kind of scare that me. That one might have sort of been at the, you know, slightly before my time, but like right at your time. Yeah. That, that might have been sort of that very... Well, like I didn't, I didn't avidly watch it. I think yeah. it was f- targeted for a little bit older than me, but like it right. would come on, you know, after shows that I would watch, yeah. and so I would catch bits and pieces of well, it. I remember... Uh, the animated uh, uh, Beetlejuice show, it wasn't that great, honestly, but, I mean, because I didn't see Beetlejuice, t- I wasn't allowed to watch Beetlejuice till I was at least, like, 12. Come on, sequel. Yeah. Um, but only with Michael Keaton. Uh, because, for one, just put Michael Keaton in everything. But also, yeah. um, but also, because, uh, no one else should play Beetlejuice. Uh, True, and I think that's part of the reason why the the show was just kind of a meh because it wasn't Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, and something got when it's a cartoon, some of the magic is lost because part of the what was great about it was it was basically a live action cartoon. Mm. So it's like if you made I don't know it. I, I don't know. I guess it's like if you made a Willy Wonka cartoon. It's already a live-action cartoon. That's what makes it so unique. Right. Yeah, you're not really... Speaking of which, the tunnel scene in Willy Wonka. Dude, that was a scary. That was really scary. And... Which direction we are growing. Like it, it makes me laugh now. It, it does. I think it's really funny when he just like starts screaming. Yeah, because, because you know Gene Wilder is having a blast scaring the poop out of these kids. Yeah, because at actually, the time it was the scary. The kids were not told what was going to be shown on the screen. They knew that was that the screen were going to show some scary images. They did not yeah. know what it was going to be. Bugs crawling over yeah, like people's maggots and faces. Like it was chickens getting their heads yeah. cut off. It was oh man, and then um, obviously we got to talk about Roger Rabbit. Yes, remember uh, me, Eddie? He freaked me out. Yet another role where Tim Curry auditioned and was told he was too scary. Too scary. That's funny because he's usually pretty comedic, but he, he had... is. But he also can be terrifying. Yeah, he's um, he's voiced a lot of terrifying yeah. cartoons. Uh, um. Oh, there was, I remember they would do Halloween episodes, and it was, if they ever had like a twist horror ending, I couldn't sleep. I don't know why. And episodes now, of what? 
just of any show. Boy Meets World did one. Oh, right, right, right. Do you remember this? They did a Scream reference. The, the whole episode was like a Scream reference. Yeah. No, that's, that, that always made irritated me when shows where the rules of reality apply. Yeah. You know, but for like a Halloween episode, they'd have like a twist supernatural ending. Yeah. And it's like, no, the rules of reality apply to the show. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I guess that's part of what made it creep, like just so unsettling for me but um i don't know something about that that always got to me because i was i i don't know again i was i was a very sheltered kid yeah me Um, too me too so something about that about the good guy not winning yeah just would ruin something. For I mean, me. you want to know how sheltered I was? I thought Halloween Town was scary. <laughs> I remember that. I do remember actually being creeped out by it. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, and now I'm like, well, this acting is scary. <laughs> uh, but that just describes Disney Channel in general, honestly. Yeah. Well, they've not been what they should be for a long time. I miss even Stevens. Yeah. Speaking of Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Oh, the Proud Family had a Halloween episode that terrified me. Really? I mean, terrified me. And it wasn't even one where they did a supernatural twist at the end. It was a supernaturally themed episode. But, you know, that show already had very sort of off-kilter, almost grotesque animation. Yeah, it's not very attractive animation. I think it's a brilliant show, but the anima- but the animation is not particularly attractive. And so when they were trying to look scary, it was scary. Yeah. And it was like one of the it was the first like I guess jump scare that actually made me like run out of the room. I was mortified. Yeah. Cuz it was a and it was also this build up where it was this Halloween party and they hired a magician. This creepy guy shows up. They're like, oh, you must be the magician. So he's there hanging around, like, doing magic that they don't realize is actual magic. Uh And then the magician shows up, and they go, if you're the magician, then who's that guy? And you pan over to him, and he's got his cape, like, sort of up around his mouth like Phantom of the Opera. And then he goes, ha! And all of a sudden, like, white face, blue hair, bright yellow eyes, like, yeah, see, that's scary stuff. Like, that was terrifying. Yeah. Um, and I've got one last thing I want to mention. Do you remember Arthur on PBS? Yeah, the, the Jekyll Hyde yes. episode. I couldn't sleep. Like, yeah, I remember that, too. I wouldn't even watch the show Arthur anymore because it would remind Jekyll, me. Jekyll, Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll yeah, Hyde, like, Jekyll. I don't know why. It just, that... And it, the thing is, at first I liked it, and then I had a nightmare that traumatized me. I mm-hmm. had PTSD, like, from that show. And I'm not trying to make light of PTSD. I, but, like, it was... I was just destroyed. Oh, yeah, and, like, I, I think that played into Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde from The Page Master was, was pretty scary. See, I never saw that when, yeah. I, was, when I was little. But uh, that was a scary character. And the thing is, it. but I'll say this, it made me say, you know what? I want to adapt that into a movie one day. Because that is the first story that ever just shook me to my core. Yeah. 
and I want to, you know, there have been plenty of movies of it, but I, I'm just like, man, I want to make a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie one day and make it terrify me. Yeah. I mean, like, like make, it, make it the same, give it the same quality that just terrified me. Yeah. Did you ever see the very poorly done uh, Lion King sequel? Oh. Simba's Pride or whatever? Oh, you thought it was poorly done? I didn't, I don't remember liking it very much. Uh, you know, I thought it was okay. I The was, the female villain lion yeah, in that movie, I remember really scaring me as a kid. Yeah, and it was, like, it she was, was scarier than Scar. Yeah, it was it was Michelle Pfeiffer, I think. Was really? It? Here, I'm checking on IMDb, because they got... Um, I remember her being scarier than I thought Scar was. She was freaky. Yeah, something about, I don't know, maybe it's because we're all... Maybe it's because of the mammalian tendency to flock to our mothers that when a, a female yeah. character is evil, it's somehow more threatening. I was just about to say, like, the, uh, an evil female laugh is yeah. a lot more scary to me than an evil male laugh. I don't know. I think that must have to do something that has something to it, do with the, the tendency to run to, to run to mommy. Yeah. And, it uh, was, it was not, uh, it, it was not Michelle Pfeiffer. It was Suzanne Plachette from the Bob Newhart show. Mm. But, um, but Simba's daughter was Nev Campbell. Oh, okay. Yeah, I and remember then, that. Uh, uh, again, they still got like Matthew Broderick, James Earl Jones, uh, Robert Guillaume, Nathan Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Ernie, Sabe- Ernie Sabella. You know, they got everybody back. Well, that movie really scared me as a kid. Um, I don't know. We're probably running out of time for this episode, but uh, before we go, any other uh, scary things that you can think of as a as a kid? I um maybe that aren't even necessarily scary. They just uh, scared us as kids. I mean, I know there's tons. Yeah. And and if I saw them, I would be like, oh, that. Yeah. And if I had a yeah, exactly. if I had a week to think about it. Uh, but uh, just off the top of your head, anything else you can think of before we uh, sign off for this week? Well, um, well, after this, I got to talk. I got a couple of recent movies. Oh, we got to talk gonna, about what you're watching. Um, I think that's. I think that's it for like childhood. I think that's probably. Probably, probably hit it. the big ones. Yeah, I think anytime a um, an on-screen death was like really really emphasized and like the pain of death was emphasized i was yeah like in the hunchback yeah well that i mean that whole movie but um like the death of qui-gon when i was little yeah that like, was that traumatizing um when i wasn't i wasn't little i guess well like yeah i guess i probably was when that came out but Speaking of Star Wars, the Rancor in Episode Six, yeah. that scared me for a while. Hmm. I remember the day I decided I was old enough to watch it on my 100th viewing, probably. Yeah. I was like, "Today I'm watching it," and uh, for the first time, that's a memory. The first time I watched the Rancor scene, hmm. but it was pretty scary. I mean, I do remember like my first times watching. Uh, like not closing my eyes during the end of Raiders and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Well, for every good horror movie, there are some really, really bad ones. 
<laughs> and I've got one to talk about. The Other Side of the Door. Oh, no. This movie, it's... You know, we, we, we try to keep it clean on this show. So I'm going to say, I, during this movie, I actually found myself talking to the screen out loud. And I was saying one of three things. And because we try to keep it clean, I'm just going to stick to first letters. I was saying either what the H is going on, you're an idiot, or are you effing kidding me? <laughs> the whole movie was just, like, they had a few ideas for creepy visuals, and then they tried to put them in a movie that made no sense whatsoever. Not a single decision that was made in this movie was rational. And it was, it was just bad. But I did recently see a movie from this year that, uh, well, a couple of movies, actually, that are worse than it. One of them is, uh, and I only saw this because I'm a critic, Barbie Starlight Adventure. It's a movie that it was released this year. I try to see as many movies as I can. And I got a chance to see it. I was hoping it would be unintentionally funny. It honestly wasn't. It was just annoying. It was they tried to cram in as many sci-fi ripoffs as they could. Like they ripped off Avatar. They ripped off Mass Effect. They ripped off Star Wars. And then they put in a bunch of crappy auto-tune pop songs in it. And just and of course the animation was awful. And your kids deserve better than that. This year we've had Finding Dory, we've had Zootopia, we've had Kung Fu Panda 3, uh, Storks. I just saw that. That was really funny. Your kids deserve better. Just because it's a kid's movie doesn't give it an excuse to be a terrible movie. So show your kids something like Storks. Such a surprise for me. Did not expect to really like this movie, but it was hilarious. And it was, it was very fast-paced slapstick animation. It's made by Warner Brothers, and it's probably the closest thing they've done in a while to like the, the style of Looney Tunes. But it's also got a lot of really touching, you know, definition of family uh, moments. Because, you know, you you know, sort of raising you know, raising this child and spending time with a child, you get attached to it. And it's and at the very end, and again, this was something I thought was was pretty bold is at the very end you, you see this montage of all these babies being delivered you've got an interracial couple two men two women and a single mother just among this big montage of and i'm just like bold you know it but it's 2016 so uh but that was that was kind of cool i thought um so i did like storks um but the other movie this year that i that I finally saw, and this, I'm a little bit late to the game, but I finally saw it, and it was bad. Alice Through the Looking Glass. Oof. Don't even have to see that to know that that was going to be it bad. It was, you know, some people really liked the the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland. I didn't. It was, 
it was, for one, it tried, it seemed like it was actively trying to not be colorful. Like it, Yeah, it, they were trying to suck all the color you, you out could, of it. You could almost see color trying to get through but being forced out. Also, I could go on and on about Mia, Mia Wasikowska's performance in both of these movies, but it's bad. It's she has no personality whatsoever. And it makes you just not care about Alice. And the first one they took this brilliant psychedelic mind-bender story and turned it into a generic prophecy you know, chosen one fantasy film. This one, they turned it into a generic time travel movie. Which, the only thing worse than a time travel movie is a generic time travel movie. Yeah, you gotta break some new ground if you're gonna do time travel. And the thing is, you're giving a, it gave us just a bunch of really lazy origin stories for characters that aren't supposed to make any sense. You're not supposed to Yeah, they're not supposed to, that's the point. It's not supposed to make sense. But so they try to give us these origin stories and they're just stupid and half the actors look like they don't care. I'm not a an, a fan of Anne Hathaway really honestly, but hit or miss. Yeah, but when she doesn't care, it's just it's just bad. Um but yeah. <laughs> those are uh those were pretty bad. Um, hmm. I did see, I did see, there's another good movie that I saw recently though, from this year called The Trust. Nicolas Cage and Elijah Wood in a heist movie. Nicolas Cage in a good movie? Yeah. Yay! I love when Nicolas Cage is in a good movie, especially when he's still crazy Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And it's in a good movie. Yeah. Like something like Face Off. Or I love Face I Off. I love Face Off. Um, but it's, he's not nearly as crazy as he is in Face Off. Yeah. But he has some, like, good old, you know, that's our Nicolas Cage yeah. moments yeah. in it. Um, Which he actually uh, took his name after, because he was Luke a fan Cage. of Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah. his real name so. is Nicholas Coppola. Um, now, is that his real name, or is Nicolas Cage just his stage, you know, his Nicolas Cage is his, is his... Did uh, he legally his, change his name? Oh, I don't know. Mm. Uh I don't know if he illegally changed his name, but he was born <clears throat> Nicholas Coppola. Yeah. But man, I it was it wasn't a perfect movie or anything, but it was just a good solid, you know, crime thriller. Got a lot of great banter. The chemistry between Elijah Wood and Nicolas Cage is really good and He was in a horror movie recently. Uh Elijah Wood? No, Nicolas Cage. Uh Pay the Ghost. Did you oh, hear about that one? I didn't see it. I heard nothing but bad things about it. Yeah, it was another flop of um, his, but I think anyway. that was still one of the movies that he made while he was broke and would like do any script. He was broke for a long time. Yeah, because that's when he did Outcast, mm -hmm. which we've talked about, and he did Left Behind and just a lot of just awful movies. Yeah. We'll have to do a whole Nicolas Cage episode. I would love to do a Nicolas Cage he's, episode. He's, he's, when he's good, he's good, and when he's yeah. bad, he's really bad. And the thing is, most of the time when he's bad, he's still fun to watch. Oh, yeah. But there was that period again where he was... He was broke and would do any, would take any script just to get the paycheck. And he wasn't. Because he like bought a castle or something. Right. Like that. But he wasn't fun, bad Nicolas Cage. He was just like, I feel bad for you, 
bad Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you could almost see him physically in pain. It was... Yeah, but... Yeah. Well, is that all that you've been been seeing? Uh, as far as as far as like n- new releases, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen any new releases. Uh, yeah. You work at a theater, I right. do not. <laughs> but uh, like I said before, I've I've been rewatching the Dark Knight trilogy. I've been very pleased with that. They um, up really well. And uh, I'm I am in the middle. I had to pause it in the middle, but I'm in the middle of my yearly viewing of. Van Helsing, as we talked about before. Right. Um, not a very good movie, but it's just, I don't, for some reason, it's just a guilty pleasure of mine. I, it is. I really enjoy the action. I like the monsters. I, yeah. I, I like how it's a, a, a homage. It's not a reboot. Yeah. It's not a remake. It's a homage to yeah. uh, the Universal Horror classic monster pictures. Yeah. Um, I, I like the werewolves. I like the vampires. I like everything they do. I think the special effects for most of the part, most of it hold up today. Yeah. Um, it's just a fun yeah. monster movie it's honestly, it's with just, Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale, who I feel like have pretty good chemistry, actually. Yeah, so. yeah it's it's just, honestly really the, the movie. What makes the movie not great and kind of reduces it to just being a guilty pleasure is the fact that the writing isn't that good. No, the writing's awful. And then Kate Beckinsale half the time looks bored. I think. Yeah, a little um, bit. I also feel like Kate Beckinsale just is that way sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just me, but I, I, I kind of get a bored vibe from her a lot of the time. Yeah, the writing is not very good. Um, but if we're being honest, neither is the writing really for the Mummy movies either. Yeah. But I do feel like the Mummy was trying very hard to be tongue-in-cheek. I do yeah. feel like Van Helsing was trying to be silly. Yeah. So that's, that's why I think I give those a little bit more credit as movies. Which I really like those. I do too. I, I think Stephen oh, Sommers. Stephen Sommers. He has yeah. a very a good appreciation for yeah. for that, and and I think he does a good job with sure overall with with adapting it. Um, yeah. I haven't seen anything else. I've just been super busy, as we have said. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that concludes this week's podcast. Yeah. So uh, we are in the middle of October. Our next podcast, um, will have something to do with uh, spooky themed movies. So yes. uh, hopefully we'll. Not be too long before we get another episode out to you. So, all right. Uh, I think that's all we've got for you this week, guys. So, thanks for listening. Come again soon, kitties. Yes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>